Hello, hello, and welcome to Faith Live 365. My name is Tim Hardis, and this is podcast number nine. And we are talking about hindrances to our faith. Now, if you missed uh, any of the past podcasts, you can go back, listen, and get caught up with us. In podcast eight, we were talking about an unforgiving heart being a hindrance to our faith. Now, in this podcast, we're going to continue right where we left off talking about an unforgiving heart being a hindrance to our faith. So we're going to pray now, do a quick recap, and we're going to jump right back in. Father God, oh, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we praise your holy name. We thank you for your many blessings that you have given us. Father, we pray that you will stir our hearts and that we will come to feel and know your love, that we'll be able to forgive others as Jesus did. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'll open our eyes, that we may see in our ears, that we may hear and understand your word. Father, renew our minds. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grow our faith now as we hear and study your word. Amen and amen. All right. The last podcast we ended with, we were speaking of, you may you know, be thinking that I'm not so sure that forgiveness is going to work for me. You, you know, you, you don't even know the hurt, the anger, and the pain that I have. And what I'm saying is, yes, I'm telling you, it will work. If you make the decision in your heart to forgive, forgiveness from the heart is a choice. Uh, it's a choice that you make. No matter what's been done to offend you or harm you, it is still your choice to forgive, just as Jesus forgave them all while hanging on the cross. Forgiveness is actually something that God demands of us. Forgiveness is for our own good so that we can be healed of the pain and hurt. We have to choose to put aside our pride, our hurt, our anger, our pain, and place our faith in God. You know, forgive from the heart, from the spirit. Listen, I'm a work in progress. I'm still working to overcome being quick to anger, you know, among other things, uh, to put it aside. I'm a daily work in progress, especially when I'm on the road driving. I mean, oh, my, my. People, where did some of you learn to drive? I can't tell you how many times on the road I have to say, I forgive them, Lord. Now, please forgive me for getting angry and the thoughts that are going through my mind. (laughs) Oh, me. Seriously, though, I have struggled with a quick temper for many, many years. I'm working hard to put that man aside and to become more and more like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus is a lifetime work. At least for me, it is. I mean, you can just ask my wife. She'll be more than glad to confirm that. And, uh, I mean, I, I give her plenty of practice at forgiving me. But, unfortunately, when we forgive someone, and, and you know, it could have been a horrible circumstance, or, you know, it could have not been as horrible, but when we do forgive someone, that doesn't mean it's always over. So, I mean, what if they do it again? What if I'm confronted with the same or similar situation? It's like, seriously, how many times am I to just forgive the same person or the same act? Well, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35 of the New Living Translation, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Hmm. Now, let me pause here for a second. For those of you who are calculating the math in your head right now, that equates to 490 times. I know where you're going with this. Been there, had that thought. 
But then remember, there's always the scripture that says, forgive so that your Father in heaven will forgive you. So if you do decide to keep count, and on that 491st time you decide, I'm not going to forgive again, just keep in mind your Father in heaven is still not going to forgive you. Jesus was making the point that you keep forgiving. It's just something to think about there. So then Jesus went on to tell a parable, starting in verse 23. He says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man, man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. When the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. What happened in this parable? Jesus said the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this parable. It says a man owed the king millions, possibly billions of dollars. Uh, the King James Version said he owed 10,000 talents. According to my research, a talent was valued at 60 to 70 pounds of silver. That being the case, the man could have owed you know, over a billion dollars. The point of the parable is that the man owed far more than he could have ever repaid. He begged the king to have mercy on him. The king did have mercy on him and forgave him all of his debt. The servant then went out and refused to forgive a man who owed him money. He grabbed him by the throat, had him thrown into prison for a debt that was so small it wasn't even comparable to the debt that he had just been forgiven. You know, the king that found out about it, he says, you, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you, the king? He then sent the evil servant to prison to be tortured until he had paid his debt. And then Jesus says, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. This is a very, very important look into the kingdom of heaven. He who has eyes to see and ears to hear, pay close attention to what Jesus is telling us. So is Jesus saying that if you're a Christian and you do not forgive from the heart, you're going to lose your salvation and go to hell to be tortured? No, that is not what he's saying. If you accept Jesus into your heart and repent of your sins, you will receive salvation. That is a free gift from God. It cannot be earned. So what does this mean? Well, King Jesus went to the cross, and he bore the burden of all the sins of the world. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God is just to forgive you of your sins and your great debt. Why? 
because Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood. He became a blood sacrifice for all of our sins. He defeated death, hell, and the grave and gave us and became a new covenant for us. We are no longer bound by the law of sin and death. You become washed white as snow and become a joint heir to the kingdom of heaven. You have received salvation. You have been forgiven of all your sins. Or we may say you have been completely forgiven of a debt you could never repay. The King of Kings has forgiven your debt and given you eternal life. It doesn't get any better. But now you get upset. You're hurt. You're harmed by someone. It could be something major. It could be something small. But either way, you refuse to forgive the person that's wronged you. Understand this. As much as you might not like it, God loves the person that caused you hurt, harm, and pain just as much as he loves you. What? <laughs> you may be saying, what are you? What? That's crazy talk. Well, John 3, 16, King James, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, guess what? God loved the world, not just you, not just Christians. He loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And that's right. Even the person who hurt and harmed you, that person is a whosoever. The person that's in jail or prison for burglary, assault, murder, or whatever other reason is a whosoever. If they turn their face to Jesus and they believe in him, they repent of their sins. They will not perish, but they will have everlasting life because God loves them too. This does not mean that they do not have to pay the price for the crime they committed while on this earth or in this earth. If, if you're beaten and abused, it doesn't mean you have to stay in that situation. You can and should get away and pursue any necessary legal remedies, you know, if appropriate. You know, if someone has hurt your feelings or continually puts you in a bad or uncomfortable situation, forgiving them doesn't mean you have to continue to be close friends or wallow in it or keep putting yourself back in the same situation. But the cold hard fact is unforgiveness is a sin. We are all human. We reside in the flesh and, and blood bodies. And as such, we do sin, and we need to confess our sins when we do in order to be forgiven by our Father God. Let's say someone angers me, and I lose my temper, and I lash out at them. You know what? Getting angry in itself is not a sin. Jesus became angry. Remember, I mean, he overturned the tables in the temple. He was cleansing the temple, what they, the, uh, what they were doing in, in, you know, in his Father's house. The Bible tells us God gets angry. The Bible also tells us that if we do get angry, not to go to sleep with that anger, but to put it right, forgive before the day is done. Anger is not a sin. How we act because of anger can become a sin. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27 of the New Living Translation. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So you see, it's telling you it's not a sin to, to, to be angry. It's a sin if you do not get control of your anger. And if you go to sleep and you keep that anger, you're giving Satan a foothold, a chance to enter in. That is what needs to not happen. Now, so if you can't forgive someone else of their sins towards you, your Father in heaven is not going to forgive you of your sins. So what happens when our sins are not forgiven? 
Holding on to unforgiveness, hurt, anger, rage, and hatred will consume you. It's a festering infected wound to your heart and your soul, your mind, and your physical body. Unforgiveness and an unforgiving heart can have serious consequences in our physical bodies. Many physical and mental issues come from hurt, anger, and stress. I mean, when you live in anger and stress, you directly affect others around you. I've heard and read, you know, one definition of depression is anger turned inward. Anger, hate, tension. They often cause stress and anxiety that are known to cause ulcers, nervous disorders, headaches, high blood pressure, heart issues, skin problems, and many other serious medical uh, issues. Remember, in Ephesians 4 and 27, anger gives a foothold to the devil. When you let the sun go down on anger or go to sleep with anger and unforgiveness, you're opening yourself up to Satan. Satan will plant seeds in your mind. Your anger will grow. You'll dwell on it in your mind. You become more and more angry. Then comes hate, tension, stress, all the pain that goes with it. Does this sound like torture? Remember the parable, the king then sent the evil servant to prison to be tortured until he paid his debt. Jesus then says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven could be compared to this. Not that God was going to put you in prison and torture you. However, if you do not forgive and you suffer all the symptoms and problems that come from prolonged hurt, anger, and hate, are you not torturing yourself? Are you not putting yourself in torture? You are leaving the door open for Satan to get a foothold in your life. And until you choose to forgive, you will continue to live in this tortured state to the point of possibly even indirectly causing your death. God has done all he's going to do when it comes to unforgiveness. He's not going to step in and take any of these issues away that are caused by your unforgiveness. God sent his son, Jesus. The price has already been paid. God gave us his word. If you want personal healing from your hurt, anger, hate, rage, stress, and pain, all you have to do is forgive from the heart. Pray for the person who you have issue with. Pray for God to bless them. Yes, I know this could be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. I mean, think of Jesus on the cross and how he still prayed to the Father to forgive them all. Let your heart be open to the Holy Spirit. Make a choice to forgive that person in your heart. You can't do it in your flesh. You can't do it in your mind. You have to do it from your spirit, from your heart. When you do that, healing will come as your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Now, you may be trying to exercise your faith in an area or trying to grow your faith stronger. You may need healing. You may be going through financial problems or relationship problems or any other multitude of issues that you need faith for. Perhaps it seems like your faith is just being hindered. It's just, it just doesn't work. Well, then you got to stop and ask your question. Do you have a forgiving heart? Are you harboring a grudge? Is there anger and rage in your heart towards someone? Is there someone you need to forgive? Maybe the person you need to forgive has died. You can still forgive them in your heart. You can still pray for their soul. This is how you will be healed from the pain of the past. Remember earlier, I was talking about an issue in my life, and I said that I would say I forgive, but I would, I would still hold on that little piece back in the back of my mind here, and I would eventually fester back up into anger and rage. That's because I didn't really forgive from the heart and from my spirit. Forgiving means you don't bring it up again. You don't hold a little piece to throw back out there in the future. You don't dwell on it. I don't believe you have to forget stuff. 
you know, I don't, the Bible, I haven't seen where it says you have to forget, you know, I mean, forgetting some things were done to you, I could cause it to happen again. I mean, some wounds are just too deep to forget without God's intervention and removing it from you. You can let them heal and become a scar, though. You don't have to be best friends with someone to forgive them a trespass. You don't even have to know them. You know, when forgiveness comes from the heart, from the spirit, you are healed from the pain. You may remember the wound and how it hurt at the time and how the hurt and anger uh, is gone. But your spirit is right with the Father and your faith will grow even stronger. When you forgive, you are acting in line with God's will. Forgiving others gives you healing and forgiveness from God. Forgiving is primarily about you more than it's about the person you forgive. We forgive others so that our Father in heaven will forgive us. The bottom line is this. If we let love dominate our heart, mind, and spirit, then forgiveness becomes so much easier. When we cast our worries and sorrows over to the anointed one, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God comes on the scene, and it's game over for hurt and anger, rage and hate and unforgiveness. Game over. Now, I do want to say uh, to some of you that may be going through or have been through a horrific experience, you know, maybe the loss of a loved one or a close family member. Maybe you've been abused or assaulted. You may think there's just no way you can possibly forgive. You're struggling from day to day trying to cope with the problem. Sometimes you just need to reach out and get some help. So I encourage you to go talk to your pastor, find a Christian counselor. Do not be afraid to ask for help. If you're not a member of a church and you don't know how to find a Christian counselor, uh, the American Association of Christian Counselors can help you find one. They have a website. It's uh, www.aacc.net. And at the top of the page, you can click Find a Counselor, and uh, they have you enter your zip code, and then it'll, it'll give you a list of counselors in your area that you can contact for some help. And we are out of time. Listen, forgive others so that your Father in Heaven will forgive you. I want you to join us for the next podcast as we continue to talk about hindrances to your faith. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.